Counseling those with panic attacks on this edition of Truth and Love. I'm Dale Johnson, and you're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, where we seek to provide biblical solutions for the problems that people face. Today, I am joined by one of our board members here at ACBC. Uh, Nathan Curry. Nathan lives here in the area in Kansas City, except he lives on the Kansas side in Overland Park. He's the associate pastor at Redeemer Presbyterian, a PCA church here in the area. Uh, He's also the training center director at Redeeming Grace Biblical Counseling Center here, which is one of our certified training centers at ACBC. So grateful for Nathan, his service on our on our board, and also in the way in which he leads in biblical counseling, even at his own church. And so, Nathan, I'm so grateful that you're here to talk about this, what I would consider to be a very important subject that's often uh, even somewhat confusing or, or makes people curious about how we would deal with in biblical counseling. So the way I want us to start, if we can, is to, when we talk about panic attacks, most people in the culture think about this in terms of, yes, inner fears that we have or uh, inner ways that we see anxiety flourishing, but also they they describe it partly because of the culture in the in the way in which the the body experiences those types of panic attacks. So if we can, let's start with that question. Like let's consider some of the inner man and outer man realities that people deal with uh, in these things that we call panic attacks. Yeah, Dale, I think it's really important that we not just compartmentalize ourselves. We're body and soul nexus put together. So there are inner man issues that affect our soul and our spirit as we as we think uh, biblically that way. But the outer man is a reality that we live in our bodies that God created for us. So, you know, my go-to person on helping people with uh, panic attacks is actually my wife, a wonderful resource for me mm. and uh, in our family. But I remember back in the day at an ANC workshop that was at an annual conference, David Paulison did a workshop on helping people who experience panic attacks. And he described these panic attacks as self-generated fear, such as panic, anxiety, and phobia. It's an attack from within. It's not grounded in something objective and realistic. Now, that doesn't mean that it's not in reality, that that there isn't something physical going on. But I think we all have these irrational fears sometimes. They they may have a ground beginning in a legitimate concern, but then they start to take a life of their own. And then you start to get this outer man experience, right? Your heart's pounding, your mind's racing. you got this hypervigilance going. Maybe you were trying to get to sleep and now that's out of the question. These are real things, you know, real experiences in the outer man. And they are related to the way that you think. Mm -hmm. So many times when we think about panic attacks and people have these types of questions, I think it's helpful that we distinguish between the inner man and outer man and how those things overlap. And one driving the other and how the other is influential on uh, how the outer man is influential on the inner man. But, but sometimes in biblical counseling, we, we have a tendency to, to think about, okay, now somebody's dealing with a panic attack. How do we give them preventative measures in the future to, to not deal with panic attacks again? And we'll get to that. But, but I think it's important also that we deal with these issues in the here and now. So what are some of the things that we're looking to accomplish when someone's in the middle of a panic attack, that, that they're experiencing right now, what are some things that we can do to help? You know, as counselors, we don't always have that opportunity to be there right when that attack's going on. But many of us have the experience of one of our children going through a time of panic, going through this attack. 
usually around bedtime, it would seem like these fears maybe start to crop in. But when, when somebody's in the middle of a panic attack, don't try and reason with them. I mean, don't, don't, don't try and rationalize and talk them out of it. You know, a good example that I try to use with folks, if they have a child that's dealing with a panic attack or they have a loved one that's dealing in the middle of that panic attack, they're like a child that imagine your toddler in the pool flailing around thinking they're going to drown. I mean, they're maybe in the shallow end. They may be just an inch away from touching the bottom of the pool, but they're freaking out. They're, they're having this attack. So don't stand on the side saying, oh, honey, this is what you should do. That's not right. You should think this way. No, jump in, get alongside them and help them. I think one verse that helps to direct maybe the triage of a situation, 1 Thessalonians 5.14, where not every problem is handled with the same approach. Admonish the idle, certainly. Mm-hmm. Is is the person in the middle of a panic attack idle? No. Mm-hmm. Uh, encourage the faint-hearted? Uh, somewhat, but help the weak. Mm-hmm. In the middle of that panic attack, they're weak, and they need you to help, and then be patient with them all. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And that's so helpful because uh, sometimes when we see people experiencing something like that, we, we even feel paralyzed to some degree. And so, just to think about, man, uh, and sometimes we feel like, well, I'm not the expert. How in the world can I help them? Uh, step in and just be with them. That's that's a comfort uh, in and of itself. So as we think through this, obviously we want to be grounded in Scripture. So what are some of the the passages of Scripture or scriptural truths that help us to address you know, the, the issues that drive panic attacks? So I like to think of, of vertical verses to take us off of the horizontal plane of human existence to think, what is God think of this situation? What, what should I be thinking? And Philippians 4, 4 to 8, it's, it's kind of a go-to passage when it talks about not being anxious. In verse uh, 6, it says, do not be anxious about anything. And sometimes you could take that as a command, don't be anxious. And it sounds crazy to tell somebody in the middle of a panic attack, don't be anxious. Um, I think it was Ed Welch that said in his Running Scared book that it's more of a concerned parent Mm. who says to their teenage driver, be careful out there, not don't be anxious. Mm. So in Philippians four, the, I like to back up to verse four, where it says rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Mm. Well, that's, that's hard enough to keep in mind and to do, but verse five says, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. Well, if there's something that defines panic attack is unreasonable. Mm. They're not thinking reasonably. Mm. So how do we get grounded in reasonableness? Mm. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Mm. You know, I love that phrase at hand because um, here Dale and I are doing this podcast and he's not quite at hand. He's a little far away from me, mm-hmm. but the pen in front of me is at hand. Mm. This paper in front of me, my Bible's at hand. Mm. That's what we should convey to that person that God is as close to them as what's at hand. And then, of course, do not be anxious about anything but everything by prayer and supplication. Here's the big miss, with thanksgiving. You know, what have you done about your problem? Well, I've prayed about it. I can't get rid of this anxiety. Well, prayer, supplication with thanksgiving is key because thanksgiving is thanking God for his faithfulness in the past. So when we can thank God for his faithfulness in the past, what does that say about how he can handle the future? Well, obviously, 
he's going to be faithful in the future so we can trust him. So I think the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, is, is a grounding that um, that guard, if, if Jesus is going to be that guard for you, boy, you can have a lot of hope. You can have a lot of courage to face the future. I think it also helps us to understand where the battle is, that God, when we turn to him, will guard our heart and our mind. And I think that's such a a critical piece of that passage that helps us to understand. This is good, Nathan, to help us to think vertically, and it helps to get us, get our minds off of the circumstances, which are often deceiving and very convincing. Uh, but we're called to walk by faith, and, and in those moments, we're we're walking by the things that we can see and the way we're interpreting it in the moments around us. So now that we've talked about passages that should drive the way that we engage, what are some of the tools and techniques that, that we can give our counselees to, to, to think about future attacks and how to help prevent those? Well, you know, it's very tempting to just be in rescue mode and to try and shape circumstances and to try and set up scenarios where there won't be any problems. We'll just keep things chill, keep things relaxed, just, you know, keep the stressors out. Well, that's not a tenable plan for the future. We need to train our minds and our thoughts. And that can be really hard. I said the go-to person for panic attacks is my wife to help to influence and to train with those vertical verses. I, I remember my oldest daughter had problems right around bedtime with these fears that would come in and these anxieties from the day that would just start to snowball and snowball. And you start to combine that fear of not being able to fall asleep and then the the concerns that were driving that. My wife made a packet of verses for her and she wrote out um, Psalm 34, 4. I sought the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me from all of my fears. And Psalm 56, 3 and 4, whenever I'm afraid, I will trust in you, in God, whose word I praise. In God, I put my trust. I will not fear. What can flesh do to me? So getting those verses, not just, oh, I know that one, I know that one, but actually hidden in your heart, right? That's where we're guarded against sin so that it won't sin against God, those verses hidden in. So flashcards, however you can put the word of God into your heart. I think one of the things that's quite often overlooked is psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. You know, in Colossians 3.15, the peace of Christ should rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly and admonishing one another. Dale, we know that word, admonishing, right? Mm -hmm. It's another word for counseling one another. And how do we do that? In all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. So there's something that God has designed about the psalms, about music, to help us embrace and to internalize truths that are going to bring us peace, the peace of Christ. John Calvin called the Psalms a mirror of the soul. He said, I have been wont to call this book, not inappropriately, an anatomy of all parts of the soul, for there is not an emotion of which anyone can be conscious that there is not represented in this mirror. The Psalms have it all for us. How many times was David afraid? How many times can we see that kind of panic and fear that he faced for things that were probably more substantial than what we face? David Paulson, back in 2008, he did a conference on using the Psalms. And Paulson said, 
It is a challenge to rivet truth to the heart so that it becomes effective in producing an honest life and then honest worship. I love that image of there's something about music, the Psalms, that can rivet truth. And that's what we need when the panic hits is because everything just goes blank. Everything goes away. We need truth that's already been riveted. And that's so good. One final thing I, I want to mention, because it, uh, you were right on the edge several times of describing resources. And, and in this short time, we, we can't cover the full gamut. We're trying to, to give some specific bits of truth that, that will help people to think thoroughly through this from a biblical perspective. But there are a lot of different resources that are out there. What are some of the things that our folks can read if they've not been introduced to already that would be helpful to, to guide them biblically thinking about some of these issues? Yeah, I think it's important for us to have a variety of, of tools in our toolbox to help people. And one of those tools that I've gone to quite a bit is the little pamphlet by Jay Adams, What to Do When Fear Overcomes You. Mm. And I love just giving that out and saying, you know, underline 10 statements that really impacted you and be ready to discuss those when you come back. Mm-hmm. Um, Ed Welch in his book, Running Scared, I think that can really fit for uh, people. Elise Fitzpatrick wrote in Overcoming Fear, Worry, and Anxiety. I, I, my go-to illustration that she talks about is a panic attack is, is like falling down the stairs. And as you're cascading down, you hit the bottom. Mm. You know, we got to get ready for the next time we hit those stairs again. And as you're falling, look to grab the handrail. Mm. When you grab the handrail a step earlier than you did before, you're saving yourself hitting rock bottom. Mm. So I think I insert those vertical verses as a way of grabbing the handrail. You know, I think as I consider helping people in the midst of panic attacks, those fears that start to overcome, you want to gather a lot of data and hear, you know, what are the particular things they're afraid of. But, you know, because of the unreasonableness quite often of what those fears are, it's not the thing. It's not the fear. Obviously, we ought to be crying out to the Lord. We ought to be telling God about our fears all the time. But I love at some point, the one pastor said, we have to stop telling God about our fears and start telling our fears about our God. Mm. Again, go vertical mm-hmm. because that's where we're going to find the guard for our hearts and minds. Yeah, that's, that's so helpful. It helps to right size our mind. And, you know, the, I think the our discussion today really brings um, sort of down to earth that this is a common more common than we wish it, it was. This is a common thing that so many of us have, have dealt with and struggled with um, throughout our life. And, and the Bible has answers for these problems. And if we'll just seek him to understand how he, how he understands these things, and we will find peace, we will find hope. So thankful for our discussion today, Nathan, and guiding us through how we think about these issues that, that can so overwhelm our life and make us feel like we lack any type of control. So thanks for guiding us through the scriptures on this issue. Thanks, Dad. You're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of ACBC. Now today, even as we were conversational, Nathan and I talking through this issue of of panic attacks, it it is something that's common. Uh, But there are thousands of issues just like this that we struggle with in in various ways, in various experiences. These are the types of things that, that we want to help you to think through from a biblical perspective on the podcast. And so we want to hear from you. And if we can hear from you on subjects just like this, questions that you have, how do we think biblically about this issue or that issue? We want to know about those things. And so I want to encourage you to send some of your questions to us here at ACBC. We'd love to 
dip into the mailbag and to answer some of those questions as best as we possibly can from the truth and wisdom that God has so graciously and kindly provided in his word. You can send those questions to us at info at biblicalcounseling.com.